Give the Lord praise this morning. Amen. God is good. Wonderful worship. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah. And before we get started, I just want to say, uh, we, yesterday we hit the streets and uh, down on Century and around that area, and what a powerful time we had. We were able to pray for some people, uh, leading people to the Lord, and uh, just through the, the testimony, hearing the testimonies, and, and uh, as we shared Christ and hope in Christ, uh, there, was, there was this young lady that stood there just started crying. She started crying, and, and she said, you know, I guess she was going some, through some things with her children, and, and hearing what God can do to restore families, she was broken, and I began to share with her, God is putting families back together, you need to be a part of the church, and so she's going to try her best to make it to our church services, uh, but hope, you know, there's, there's drug dealing out in the streets, there's all kind. you name it, it's out there, the church needs to be out there, amen, dispensing hope where there's darkness and brokenness. So I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs 22, verse 6. And I'm going to read. And so we've been talking about maturity. Proverbs 22, 6. And I'm going to look at this passage of Scripture, and hopefully we can learn something about, about maturity. Now, if you have the NIV, the New International Version, uh, there is an old New International and a new New International. This is what it says in the New International Version, the new one. It says, start children off in the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Right? In some versions it says, train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning for your word. And I ask you, Father God, that you would help me to do justice to your word, your eternal word that we would hear what you are saying here and that we would apply it to our lives, that we could bear fruit, that we would be changed, that we would be formed into the likeness of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you this morning in Jesus' name. And God's people say, amen, amen. So like I said, this month we've been talking about maturity. Maturity is almost identical to growth. When you're growing, we would expect that you're maturing, but it's not always the same thing. In one sense, a person can grow and not mature. In the same way, a person can mature and not grow up. That they become rigid, mature and rigid in their ways, but not having changed their ways. And so this verse seems to tell us that, that a person can mature without being fully grown. So this is Solomon. And Solomon says, start children off on the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not turn from it. Start them off in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not turn from it. Train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. This verse has a time element built into it. It's a, a command uh, uh, to train our children before they get old. Train them before they grow up, before they mature and become set in their ways. There comes a time where we grow rigid, we become what we are going to become, and if we don't catch that direction early on, 
we mature, and we firm up in our beliefs, in the direction, in our mindset, and it's hard to bend those branches later in life. So this verse has this time element, and it commands us that before they get old, they will not always be impressionable like they were uh, when they were younger. Later in their years, when they grow up, they become a little more rigid. They won't always climb into your lap. They won't always hold your hand. They won't always believe what you say. Hello, right? There was a time in your children's lives, if you have kids, when you were like the greatest person in the world, right? You were awesome, right? If you were a dad, you were the strongest man in the world. My dad is strong. They bragged about you in school. Listen to what they say about you now, right? You are the most accomplished, the wisest, the, the awe-inspiring, the most awe-inspiring person in the world. And things change as our kids grow up. They become set in a perspective. As they, as, as they grow up, man, they wouldn't be caught dead with you. They used to love to hold your hand or, 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 you know, take me to school. There comes a time they say, well, you could drop me off here, you know. I'll walk the rest of the way. Your impression on their life is indelible. In other words, it is permanent when you capture them, when they are impressionable. Impressionable means like clay that is unhardened. It's, it hasn't yet been fired in the furnace. You can press into it, and what you press into it remains. You can pour into it something that, that sticks. It, it, it holds its shape. It becomes permanent, deep-rooted, unforgettable for kids. You gotta capture them because you don't own the child, you own their childhood. You own the period of impressionable uh, of moments, that critical time where you can shape the direction and the orientation of their lives. When they're tender, like a young tree, babies, as well as baby Christians, are like branches that are still tender and flexible when they're young. They can be bent, they can be redirected in the right way. Like the Bible says, start children off in the way they should go. I mean, when you look at this passage, every word seems to, seems to pour out wisdom and truth. Start them off on the way they should go, as if there is a way they would go if you don't. If you don't start them off in the way they should go, they're definitely going to go a different way. And this is a huge problem with society today. Where we live today, people are fighting for the right to go the way they would go. Let me just, let your kids grow up the way they would go if you weren't involved. If there was no Bible, if there was no God, let them grow up the way they would go. Let society influence them and let them go on a path that they would go, not the way they should go. As if the natural path is perfect as if the natural path is God-ordained. But the Bible says that we are sinners. We we're born sinners, born into sin, that there's no good thing at all inside of us. That's what the Bible says. I remember when I was young, uh, junior high, I was coming home from Crozier, junior high school, walking underneath the library on my way home, and a lady came and she was witnessing to me. You know, And I, I didn't know anything about 
God at the, you know, about the, the truth of the Bible, the scripture. And she came up to me and she said, did you know you're a sinner? And I didn't know what that meant. I thought it was a good thing. I, in fact, I thought she said center. Did you know you're in a center? I'm thinking, I'm in the middle of the center. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Yeah, I try. You know? <laughs> I didn't know what she was saying. You're a sinner. She told me I was a sinner. And I'm like thanking her. I felt good about myself. You know? Anyone left to himself, to herself, cannot find the plan that God has for their lives. We can't find it left to ourselves. We need to be directed. We need to be bent because we grow up crooked. We grow up in a society, in a world that is crooked. We grow up in neighborhoods that are crooked. Our minds are shaped by the homies, but our minds are shaped by friends and family people who have been going wrong in the wrong direction, uh, uh, teaching us the wrong thing. There's a lot of good in the things that we learned growing up, but there's a lot of bad. And we grow up in environments that bend us in ways where we would go if there was no truth included in our training. We need to hear from God. We need to, he we need to be shaped and bent in the right direction. This is a problem. There's no good thing in us. Right? Solomon is advocating for morality here in these passages of Scripture. That there is a right way, a way we should go as opposed to the way we would go. That's what he's saying. Train a child in the way they should go. Because there comes a time where you can't bend them anymore. Whether they're children, babies, or baby Christians. There comes a time when they have been in a state for so long they become rigid unmovable, unyielding. So from the very beginning, while we're still pliable, while we'll, we're still impressionable, make sure we shape people in the right place. While we're still teachable, train a child in the way they should go, according to their bent, according to their personality. There comes a time when young Solomon grows up and he becomes what we would call hard-headed, right? Where nothing seems to penetrate the skull anymore. In time, tender branches become firm. In time, those flimsy, flexible branches become immovable. They become set in their ways. They're stationary. And as we grow up, it's hard to move a person, hard to change their direction. So Solomon says, initiate the child at the beginning of the journey. Steer them early on in life, at the start of life. Show them their obligations and responsibilities, even the dangers that they're going to encounter in life so that they know how to navigate through life. Fix these truths in their minds daily. This is, this is the, one of the greatest scriptures for the Hebrew people is in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. And if you read from verse 4 on beyond that, they call it the Shema. Right? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then, and then he talks about not only the oneness, the, the greatness of God, but then he says, impress these truths into your children. Impress them. While they're still pliable, because there comes a time where you can't press anymore. There comes a time where you can't, you know, uh, sink those truths into their lives where, where they listen to you, where they believe you, where they will be shaped by your words and your actions. Fix these truths in their minds. Fix these truths. Teach them at the very start of life. 
because they will not always be impressionable. Eventually, they'll be convinced that they know more than you do, right? What is said about physical children can be said about spiritual children, baby Christians, who for a period of time are very impressionable. Young, young believers are teachable, willing to believe what you say about Christ and the scripture. And this is why even the Bible says, those of you who teach, you're going to be held to account. You'll be judged more strictly than others. That we teach what is true, what is right. That we encourage people to check up on what I'm saying. Find out for yourself. Look in the Bible. Read it for yourself. I want to encourage you every time I speak. Look it. Read the story. Take it home and read it. Look at it for yourself. Study it to understand it. Because those who teach are held to a higher account. But people need to grow into a point where they can understand the word. What is said about physical children here, baby Christian, it is, can be said about baby Christians. They're impressionable, willing to believe you. But there comes a time when they grow up and they, and, and they become set, fixed in their ways. Growing up doesn't necessarily mean that they get taller or, or bigger, but increasingly more and more rigid more and more set in their ways, less impressionable when it becomes nearly impossible to redirect them. And no amount of work can redirect a person who is set in their ways, like a young tree. We need to put pressure, I need to put pressure on my life, like a young tree to bend my branches so that I am going the right way, the way I should go. That's what he's saying. Like a, like a young tree, to grow in the right direction, to grow in the way you should grow, not in the way you would grow. All you have to do is live in society long enough. Listen to the music. Watch the TV stations. Listen to the, the, the media, the social media, the, the narrative, the, the comments, the, 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 the opinions of the world. All you have to do is live for a while, and you will go the way you would go not the way you should go. If you bend young branches enough, when they grow up, when they mature, what was done early in their lives will guide them in their adulthood. When you bend those early branches enough, they become trained to grow a certain way. Maturity is about recognizing that, that it's on me now, that as an adult, as, as a grown-up, mature person, I have to make responsible choices in my life. And they can refer back to the early lessons that we receive from our parents, mother or father or grandparents. Those good lessons that we receive, those, those wholesome lessons that we receive that steer us in the right way. The same man who wrote these words was reflecting on his own life. In an earlier passage in the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, he said this, he says, For I too was a son to my father, still tender he says still tender and cherished for my mother uh, of my mother and then he says then he taught me when he was tender and when he's talking about tender he's talking about impressionable he's talking about inexperience when i was young when i was tender my father taught me these things that i'm saying to you now and his father is David, King David. My father poured into my life when I, when I was bendable, malleable, when I could change and be flexible to grow up in a way that would serve and honor God. 
I too was impressionable, still tender. Maturity is like the hardening of all of our past experiences. An entire lifetime of everything you remember, even the things you don't remember, all of our experiences become rigid, set inside of us. We refer to those past experiences when we encounter new experiences. What do I do in this situation? And we remember what was said to us. We remember those events that we lived through and we refer to those things. We draw from those things to make decisions in our lives. All those things become fixed in our hearts. All those things become fixed in our minds. And when I say fixed, I mean permanent. They're stationary, immovable. Not that they can't be unlearned, but they become ingrained in our behavior. Emotionally, how we handle stressful situations, we find ourselves in a stressful situation. Some people just break down and cry. Some people just hide. They don't get out of bed. Spiritually, physically, man, as, as we grow, our, our behavior changes, or at least we hope that our behavior changes as we grow up. We've all seen mature adults dressing like teenagers, right? That don't grow up. Our, our dress changes. If it was up to me, man, when I was a young kid, I used to just run around with thuntarans and a cape, you know, jumping off the couch like I could fly. Can you imagine if you came to church and I'm like, oh, woo, you know, jumping off in thuntarans, you know? Here I am, you know. <laughs> we grow up. We mature intellectually. We no longer think like we did when we were younger. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Right? We think differently, we dress differently, we act differently. Even financially, we mature. It, it, maturity affects what we do with our money, how we spend our money, what we spend it on. It changes, we change relationally. Some of us used to build, or still today, as believers, try to build relationships the same way we did in junior high. Right, and doing the same thing, manipulation and angles, you know. And, and corny pickup lines, like, somebody call the police, because you stole my heart. <laughs> and I'm like, Debbie, stop playing around, you know. <laughs> they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But Solomon says, my father, from my tender years, taught me, while I was still impressionable, because youthfulness is pliable. Youthfulness is, is impressionable. Whether they're young in age or young in the Lord, we're at a stage, a critical time of flexibility. When a tree is young, it's tender and flexible. You can bend it. You can train it to grow in a direction that is different than what it started out to grow in. Some gardeners, they create archways with trees when they're tender archways. They braid the branch. You've seen trees where the branches are braided. I've seen trees where they bend shapes, hearts, and names, and, and different shapes into the trees. And when they grow up, man, they become firm, rigid, uh, you know, formed in that shape. Try, try to braid the branches of a mature tree. Try to braid the branches of one that's grown up already. 
that's already experienced life, that's grown up through the storms and through the hardships, try to braid those branches and see how far it gets. All you can do is cut them off. In terms of people, it's the same way. If we become stuck in a certain way, it's hard to change. How often have we seen parents struggle with teens that, are, that, that weren't steered early in life? It becomes hard, not impossible. It becomes hard to steer them when they grow up. When they were little, man, lying was cute. Little kid, you ever see a little kid, their first lie? Who ate that cookie? The goldfish did, you know? And that's cute, ah, oh, you know? They said the goldfish ate the cookie. And the next time they lie, you know, you, you know, ask them something, did the goldfish do it this time too? And it's funny, cute. But when they're 21, I'm talking about the goldfish, you know, something's wrong, right? <laughs> something's wrong at that point. When they're tender and flexible, that's when we bend the branches to the way we should go. I need to be bent. I need to put pressure on, on the branches of my life. When I, when I live through circumstances, e even now, when I live through circumstances and I think, you know what, I could have handled that differently. I need to put pressure on the branches of my life to grow in the way they should grow. Not in the way they would grow. In the way they would grow, it would be selfish, self-centered, sinful, uh, you know, ugly, I, I, I can't grow that way. I don't want, I refuse to grow that way. I need to put pressure in my life to grow the right way. Lying is the way we would go. Lying is human nature. Lying is our fallen state. Being a cheat, when we're left to ourselves, that's what we become. We become chronic liars, chronic thieves. We become corrupt, scandalous. So Solomon says, train a child in the way he should go because they will inevitably mature and be set in their ways. Maturity means growing up. It means having reached the, the highest point in a process, the advanced stage of a process as mature adults or as mature Christians, emotionally, physically, spiritually. So this verse not only tells us what to do, but how to do it and why. It's easier to form character than to reform it. And this is what makes, this is what makes rehab so hard, because rehab is about reforming, re recovery, retraining. It's about, it's about reforming habits that have been set for years, for years. It's hard to do in a year, in nine months to a year. It's hard to reshape the direction of a person's life after things have been set in their lives for so long. God can do it. It's not impossible. And we've seen miracle after miracle after miracle. God can do it. But it's easier to form character than to reform because age tends to stiffen us. Time makes us rigid and stuck. It's good to grow firm and and set as long as we grow firm and set in the right way. So as we mature, we become hardened and, and unimpressionable where the lies of the enemy don't impress themselves into our minds. So maturity is about growing up. It's about being shaped and formed in the way that you can deal with the future, in the way that you are called to be firm, 
and inflexible when the devil begins to lie to us. It's about finding your calling. It's about exercising your gifts. When we become rigid, we lose our ability to move with God. So we need to stay in step with the Spirit. We need to lose that, uh, uh, that, uh, the, the idea that, that, you know, I was born this way, so I'm going to stay this way. No, that's not what he's saying. Yet the way you were born is the way you would go. And so our branches need to be shaped to the way they should go. So are you growing in the right direction this morning? Are you getting better as a parent, as a father, as a mother? Are you getting better as a friend? Do you have friends? Are you getting better with the people around you in conversation? Are you better? Do you add value to those that you hang out with? Do they like hanging out with you because you just add value? You have the right thing to say. Do, do, are you getting better as a Christian, as a believer, that, that somehow in your life, not that anybody is perfect, but man, you are, you are, are focused on, on living your life for Christ, as Christ, to reflect godliness. Are you getting better? Are you growing in what you do? This is what he's calling us to do. One last scripture I'd like to read to you from Ezekiel 17, 22. And you don't have to turn there, but it, this is what it says. And this is after Israel had, man, they had grown up, become rigid. Israel as a nation had become rigid, stuck in their ways. And it was as if God himself could not change the nation. So he says to them through the prophet Ezekiel in 1722, he says, Thus saith the Lord God, I will also take a sprig from the lofty top of the cedar and set it out. I will pluck from the topmost of its young twigs a tender one and I will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. And it goes on where God is describing Israel had grown up, become this rigid, tall tree. But as beautiful and as tall as it was, it was immovable. God couldn't shape it, redirect it. So he took from the, from the youngest, the most tender part of the tree. He says, you know, I'm going to start over. And he picked off that top and he replanted it on another mountain. And you know that's a picture, a spiritual picture of you? That as this nation became rigid and set, God had to start over with the Gentiles, with those that were far off, that didn't have a spiritual history like Israel did. We didn't have, God just plucked us from that branch and replanted us on the hill on the mountain of God, that we can grow. And, and as we're tender, he can shape us. He can move our branches in a way that will honor him. And he'll clip off those things that don't belong there so we can bear fruit. This is you. Are you growing as a believer, as a husband, as a wife, as a friend, as a father, as a mother? Are you growing as a student? as a child, a son or a daughter, as a, as a cousin, just being responsible for others. As a citizen, are you growing? Are you becoming better? This is God's plan for us this morning, that as we mature, that we make sure that we grow right. Amen. Will you stand with me this morning? And we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Train a child in the way he should go. 
And when he is old, he will not turn from it. Father God, it is my prayer this morning. My God, my prayer this morning is that a lifetime, a lifetime of L.A., a lifetime of Southern California, a lifetime of the racism, a lifetime of, of the infestation of drugs and gangs, of violence, a lifetime of the arguments and the conversations, a lifetime of teachers who didn't care, judges who didn't care, a lifetime of issues, of problems, of setbacks have made an impression on my life, have made me what I would be if the branches of my life weren't redirected in the direction they should be. And so it's my prayer this morning that those of us who have grown up in the same context, in the same place, with the same pressures and the same voices and the same lies and the same challenges and the same hardships, the same hurts, the same memories, I pray. My prayer today is, Father, you would put pressure on the branches of our lives that we would grow up in the way we should go, that we become people that honor you with our lives, that we grow tall and straight, that we learn to recognize the, the flim-flam, the emptiness of the conversations that come from from off the wall, that we would grow up right, that we realize that there is a way we ought to go, a way we should go, that any old way isn't a good way, but that there is a right way. This is my prayer. This is my prayer for our young people, our youth. This is my prayer, Father God, for our, our children. This is our prayer for young Christians, believers, my prayer for our city, Lord God, that we would get it right, Father God, that we would hear your voice, that we would grow up the way that you've called us to grow, mature, growing straight, on point with God, walking in step, bearing fruit in due season. We thank you this morning for your word. I pray, Father God, that it finds its way into hearts that are willing to receive it. I pray, Father, this morning that we would bear fruit, that we become better at what you've called us to do, that we would take inventory of our lives this morning. My God, that we would cut things loose, that we would include things that have been neglected, that we would grow up in all things, Father. This is my prayer. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. And with our heads still bowed and our eyes closed, the Spirit of God is here. Angels are here fighting for you this very moment. And it's my prayer that you would make a decision for Christ, that you would come to Christ this morning, right where you are, to say, God, I need you. That's all it takes. God, I need you. He recognizes those words, he recognizes that attitude. God, I need you. I've tried it on my own, I need you. It is in that moment, it is in that decision that he rushes upon you with grace, that he lifts the burden off of your life, 
that he lightens the load, that he redirects us, he, he gives us favor that we did not have. It's God that's able. And this morning, if that's you, just, God, I need you. I believe that your son died for me, and I receive him as my personal savior. I enter into a community of believers, a church, a family of believers. We thank you this morning, Father God, for the lives that you're touching, even now, the angels that are fighting for grace that is poured out. Now have your way, Lord, in your people's lives. Have your way. Move in their hearts and lives this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. You know, if God has spoken to you this morning, and you, maybe you say, you know what? I thank God for what he's done in my life, but I know there's more. There's room to grow. There, there are branches in my life, financial, emotional, relationship. There's branches that really need some more pressure to grow in the right way. There, I need to put stakes down and, and hold myself up in certain areas of my life. There are ways that I can grow, ways that I can become more secure, that I can become better at what I do, better as a parent, better as a mother, better as a father, better as a, a husband, better as a friend. I can become better as a Christian. And I need the help of God to strengthen the branches in my life in the right way, in the right direction to be the man or the woman that God has called me to be. If that's you, come. There is grace at the altar. There is favor at the altar for you this morning. Hallelujah.